Welcome to episode eight of the Soldiers of the Immaculate podcast. This episode is being recorded on Friday, February 16th, 2024. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most compassionate Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin, O Virgins, O Mother. To thee did we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. Mother of the Word incarnate, despise our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer them. A lady of good success. Pray for Pray. us. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. Saint Francis and Saint Pio. Pray for us. Saint Alfonso Gori. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. For the last several episodes, we have been talking about the morning offering devoting yourself and and recollecting that you're in the presence of the Holy Trinity, consecrating yourself again to Our Lady, remembering the angels and your saints. I think we're probably done for now with the morning offering, and now we're going into the most important prayer that could possibly be said in all of existence, and that is the Holy Mass. Yes, and last week uh, I was quoting from a book that I highly recommended, it's called The Incredible Catholic Mass. It's an explanation of the Mass by Father Martin von Kochem, a great Franciscan. And he did another book I recommend, too, on the Four Last Things, which is phenomenal. And so he had in this book, in one part, 77 Graces was the title of one chapter, and Fruits from Devout Attendance at Holy Mass. So 77 Graces and Fruits. But notice he says, from devout attendance at Mass, because, you know, your deportment at Mass depends so much on how many graces you get when you receive, when you go to Mass and receive Holy Communion. And so if you're not devout at your attendance at Mass, you're not going to receive hardly anything. But the more devout you are, that's why I said last week, you want to prepare for that for the holy sacrifice of the mass every day. The saints spent half half their day preparing, half their day thanking God in thanksgiving, and so devout attendance is going to. You could only receive the church tells us you can only it, the, only receive the grace that you are disposed to receive. So if your disposition is open and you want to receive tons of grace, you have a great desire, you will receive a lot. And then the more you go to mass, the deeper this, uh, your your, the deeper your love for Christ and the mass will grow deeper and deeper, and you'll be much more devout. And you start going to mass every day, you're going to see your whole life, your whole spiritual life, totally change. So I just wanted today just go over a couple of uh, some more of these points. I left off last week on number twenty. So number twenty one, Father Cochum says. Our Lord removes many of the imperfections attached attaching to your good deeds. And this is so important because we all have good, uh, our motives are not pure sometimes. So even though we're doing good sometimes, uh, there's still things attached to our intentions, our good deeds that are not actually good. And so our Lord's, he could have removed these imperfections attaching to your good deeds and that means you're going to get even more merit for them number 22 he forgives you the sins unknown or forgotten which have never which you never mention in confession now that has to be explained because it doesn't remove mortal sins but it can it can it can and does remove venial sins that you never mention because we should have a great disgust too and hatred for even the venial sins. And this is important because there's so many people that they think, oh, as long as I'm not committing mortal sins, I'm all right. But we want a great hatred uh, for our venial, and we want to make reparation and atonement. So in the Mass, our Lord's wiping them away, and this is awesome. And so pray too at Mass that we would have a great hatred and, and disgust for even the slightest indeliberate venial sin. And, and that we, when we do our examination of conscience, that we do confess our sins uh, thoroughly. Remember, you're not obliged to confess venial sins, but the only way you're going to overcome them is to confess them. Number 23, 
Our Lord offers himself as a victim to make satisfaction for a part, at least, of your debts and transgressions. This is awesome. So our Lord, he's offering himself as a victim to make satisfaction for a part, at least, of your debts and transgression. That means a lot less pregatory for you, my friends. Number 24, each time you hear Mass, you can do more to pay the penalty due to your sins than by the severest work of penance. That is unbelievable. So like when you when you do penance, of course, to get merit for that penance, you have to be in the state of sanctifying grace. But by going to Mass every day, you're doing more to wipe doing more to wipe away your sins and the trans and, and the debt that you owe by just attending the holy sacrifice. This reminds me of a question that came up recently talking about um, about indulgences and whether or not it was days out of purgatory or something. Forget all of that. The going to mass and participating in the mass trumps all of this and wipes so much more away. Yeah, that's like insane. You know, I always like to use analogies like with money. <laughs> you know, people understand money very well. And, you know, if you do it this way, you get a dollar. You do it this way, I'll give you a million. What are you going to do? You're going to go for them. I mean, this is spiritual stuff, which is awesome. And believe me, my friends, I used to, I hate priests that make light of purgatory. I hate them when they preach and. Oh, they said, oh, I'll be glad if I make purgatory. Well, let me tell you something. St. Maximilian Colby always used to had a book, and it's beautiful, called Aim Higher. Uh, Max could put that on the list this week. Aim Higher. And one of the things he used to say, he says, well, an archer, when he's shooting at a target, the farther away it is, the the higher he has to raise his, his aim because what happens, the farther it travels, the arrow starts to drop. So if you're aiming for purgatory, my friends, and you miss your mark, I always say to people, where are you going to go? And they look at me like uh, like a deer in the headlights. I say, you're going to go to hell. That's where you're going. Because if you miss that target, it's dead. But if you're aiming for heaven all the way, like God tells us to be holy as your Father in heaven is, our Lord told us that, we're aiming to be saints. We insult God by not wanting to be saints. We insult God. We're like, well, I'll offend you, but it won't be mortally. I just want to skate by, Lord. I want to have a good time here as, as much as possible, as much as you'll let me. I don't want to take it too serious. So going to Mass, too, you're going to have a greater desire. This is from me, and I'm here. he'll quote it, I'm sure, here, to be a saint and take it serious, to be a saint, you know? So next one, 25, Christ places to your credit a portion of his merits, which you may offer to God the Father in expiation of your offenses. So this is why you got to get this book so that when you go to Mass, you can understand what you should be doing at Mass and how should you be playing, praying. When, I, when, 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 I, when the priest is lifting up the host, he's lifting this, uh, that's Christ being lifted up on the cross. And you offer that suffering that he's doing at times in, in atonement for your sins, to, for your punishment, you know, or your temporal punishment due to the sins. When the priest breaks the host in the mass, that's a sign of what? If I was to take a saw and cut your body in half, break your body in half, what happens? All your blood comes out. That's why he does it over the chalice. I break the toast over the chalice. It's at that moment in the mass is a sign that that's when Christ dies. On the cross, and so this is it. You're, you're, it's a peace offer, offering that you could, uh, that God gives you to use His merits for you. All right, so it's just awesome, so that you could offer it to God the Father in expiation for your sins. Number twenty-six for you, Christ offers Himself as the most efficacious peace offering interceding for you as earnestly as he interceded for his enemies on the cross. So, you know, when, when our Lord was hanging on the cross, he was praying for all the Roman soldiers that were mocking him. He was praying for Caiaphas and his cohorts, the Jews who were saying, crucify him, crucify him. And he prayed for them. It's But we're there. We're right there. And that's why I said, picture, the, watch that movie again and again, The Passion. When you, That's what's happening when you go to Mass. That's what's happened when that priest holds that whole stuff. That's Jesus hanging on the cross. 
And if you could get this in your mind and keep it there when you mess, you're participating in that crucifixion. So what do you want to be? Do you want to be Caiaphas or do you want to be one of the uh, St. John or St. Mary Magdalene and the other holy woman that wept and, and, and wept for our Lord? That's what we want to do at the Mass. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Number 27, his precious blood pleads for you in words as countless as the drops which issue from his sacred veins. <laughs> his precious blood. Number 28, each of the adorable wounds his sacred body bore is a voice calling aloud for mercy for you. So while Lord's hanging there on the cross in the mass, he's scourged with 5,000 wounds, uh, St. Bridget said he had. He was revealed to her. Five, over 5,000. I forgot the exact name, but it's over 5,000. I don't know if it's 5,518. I forgot the exact number. I got to look it up again. But all those wounds in there, Lord's crying out in mercy for you. Forgive them. And just one, one drop of his blood's enough to redeem the whole world. I don't care how long it goes on, everything, because it's infinite. And this is what's going on when you're going at Mass. You're there. And he loves it that you're there. Are you going there to bring our Lord comfort on the cross? He's hanging on the cross because this is what we're there for. Number 29, for the sake of the propitiatory victim, the petitions prophet during Mass will be granted far sooner than those that are prophet at other times. So he's saying here, Father Vochim, that your petition at Mass will be answered much more quickly at the Mass than any other time. And that's why when you receive our Lord at Mass in the Eucharist, when you go back to your to your pew, it's not a time for jumping up and down and playing a guitar and tambourines and jumping around like a bunch of maniacs. It's a time to be silent, to be with our Lord. It's the most precious time, a full communion where he's present in your body. 15 to 20 minutes, you're a walking tabernacle. Like the Blessed Mother when she conceived Jesus in her womb, you have Jesus in your body. And that's why no matter how many times I tell people, please, I beg you, do a proper Thanksgiving from you, the time you receive the host for the next 15 to 20 minutes. Our Lord is physically present, body, soul, divinity in, in you. Now, I, I give talks on that, and then I see people receive the Eucharist, and they run out. They don't even finish the Mass. Now, sometimes maybe people may have a reason. I don't know, of course, but I think the majority of people, they're not recollecting themselves. They're not devout enough. They don't understand what you're doing, what they're doing. And so pray our ladies start teaching you on a deeper level, not to just know it, but to understand it and then to 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 uh, pray properly, do proper thanksgiving, and you'll see the graces that God will pour on you will be unbelievable. Number 30, never can you pray as well as while present at Mass. Never. So it, it, if you can't pray at the Mass, you ain't going to pray good the rest of the day. It's the most, unless you don't understand what's going on. Once again, how many people say, Father, I get nothing out of Mass. Why do I have to go to Mass? You don't go to Mass to get anything out of it. You go to give. You go to worship God. And as you could see, when you do that, look, look at all he does for you. Number 31, this is so because Christ unites his prayers to yours and offers them to his heavenly Father. Christ is interceding for you right there at that moment to his heavenly Father on your behalf. Number 32, he acquaints him with your needs and the dangers to which you are exposed and makes your eternal salvation his particular concern. So you, God is so happy that when you decide to attend daily mass or any extra any mass extra one more extra week and he pays special particular attention for your eternal salvation he goes look look you don't think it pleases him just look the whole world has turned its back on christ and most of the people in the so-called church have turned their back on christ as we're going to see in part two when we talk about the nonsense that goes on in the so-called church or the counterfeit church you want to say today it's disgusting but listen but you're there bringing in comfort you're there 
at the holy sacrifice of the mass going through the passion of christ and he's he's gonna intercede for you in a particular way number 33 the angels who also who are present plead for you and present your poor prayers before the throne of god he, for every angel your guardian angels and the, all the angels so when we go to mass you got the whole heavenly court of angels present your angel every other person there has an angel and the angels are, are bowing down before god and the holy sacrifice in the mass but all the angels are praying for you when you're there and there's trillions of them they're praying for you praying for you don't you want these all these angels praying for you number 34 on your behalf the priest says mass by virtue of which the evil enemy will not be suffered to approach you so the, the through the mass you get extra protection and the priest he says that you know on your behalf once again the priest says mass by virtue of which the evil enemy will not be uh, will not be suffered to approach you i don't know about you but who wants the devil coming with his cohorts approaching us tempting us trying to lead us in sin the farther we could keep them at bay the better off we are number 35 for you and for your everlasting salvation he says mass that's the priest and offers that holy sacrifice to god almighty number 36 when you hear mass you are yourself in spirit a priest empowered by christ to offer the mass both for yourself and for others so you know you could offer the mass your mass for the intentions of your loved ones that are away from the church this is the time to plead before christ on the cross have mercy lord you shed your blood for my brother for my sister for my mother my father my wife whoever it may be my daughter my my husband whatever it may be when there have been several questions that have been submitted what can i do for family members who have left the church or who aren't catholic and i'm trying to bring them in i think this is the point right here that you need to pay attention to and that's what people tell me what do i do when uh, for my loved ones are away number one a lady of fatima told us most souls go to hell for because no one will pray or do penance for them and so if you're gonna that's the number one thing prayer and penance and offering the uh, going to the holy sacrifice to the mass begging god that that his blood won't be shed uh, in vain for for your loved ones who are away and begging at the foot of the, please have mercy on my loved ones have mercy on those have mercy on those we don't know on the whole world have mercy on these heretics and schismatics and we go on and on we want to pray for this and this is and then another like max is saying too another thing is to have if you could have those masses often for your loved ones that are away you know say your your, your son or daughter's away you have a mass for that intention for my son's conversion and try to go to that mass because that mass is offered for that particular intention for that particular intention it's awesome a slightly more powerful way of doing that too by the way is if you can ask the person in question, may I pray for you on your behalf? Prayers of agency, where you pray for the person on their behalf, is, is it, it is as if they are praying for themselves, but they give you permission to do that. And the reason being that is that, you know, their will is engaged and it's very good. But uh, unfortunately, I think most, a lot of people, but a lot of people don't want you praying for them, but that doesn't mean you don't pray you still pray for them because i had i but if they say yes that's all the better and you know what a lot of them brings them consolation even though they're away from god that they it's a sign that you love them and and you know and and they know you're praying for them it's beautiful and if you could if you say that and they say yes it's all the better for them and help that means it means they're disposed number one you know and and like i said if you're disposed it, it opens up your souls a much you'll get a lot more graces when you're disposed so number 37 by the offering this holy sacrifice you present to the blessed trinity the most acceptable of all oblations number 38 you offer an oblation precious indeed 
of greater value than all things in heaven and earth. There's nothing more valuable than the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Holy Trinity, uh, the Son of God. Nothing. Number 39, you offer an oblation precious indeed, for it is none other than God himself. And number 40, which we'll stop, is by this sacrifice you honor God as he alone is worthy to be honored. God has revealed to us how to be honored. And this is why we want to go to a mass, a true mass that's reverent. This is why the new mass is a novelty and an innovation. And it's not the only part of the mass pleasing to God in the new mass is the, you know, that Christ is being sacrificed. And some people doubt that it's valid. I believe it's the validity if the priest is using proper form, matter, and proper intention. But, you know, the, you, it, it would be valid. So that part, but the other parts, I mean, I mean, we're going to see some today. I'm going to talk about this, uh, what happened in St. Patrick's Cathedral on February 15th. That will turn your stomach. It will show you what I'm talking. So you want to, but you want to go to a mass that's going to, we want to honor God the way he wants to be honored. We want to worship him the way he wants to be worshiped. And the Trinity Mass has been offered like this for over 1,600 years. The canon goes back to St. Peter himself. I mean, this is what God, it produced all the saints in the church. I said, so why, if you can go to Trinity Mass, please go. Don't, you'll get thousand times more graces than you will going to this Nova Soto Mass. Worship is the greatest thing we can do it's the, in our life is worship God properly. And so do it the right way. Do it that brings more glory and honor to God. All right? And if you don't live anywhere close to a traditional mass and you want to move, ask your friends. Ask ask me for crying out loud. I can reference you because growing up, I, I grew up only around traditional masses. And so I had this warped sense of geography in my mind that if I was going to live someplace in the United States, where could I live where there was a traditional mass? Worst case scenario, I'm, I'm going to refer you to somebody else in another part of the country who knows a little bit more about that part of the country. But it is definitely a luxury with a capital L to be able to be in a location where you can have three, four, five different traditional Catholic masses to choose from on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's not hard to do. Number one, you know, I have no problem telling people to go to Society Pius the Tent. Uh, I recommend it, matter of fact. And if you go on their website, you could pull up a map. And then so if you're looking to move somewhere, you pull up a map. If you know the particular state, start looking, okay, where where are the chapels? You know, and then you could look for other groups that offer the Trinity Mass, but make sure it's a Trinity Mass. But guess what? They're shutting it down. The 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 mainstream church is shutting them down left and right. Another one was shut down, as we mentioned last week, and uh I think it was in the Diocese of Tyler where two of them. It wasn't just Tyler, it was Austin as well. Austin too. And so they're shutting them down and, and they're commanded to shut them down. They're gonna. So I wouldn't count on what they call the indult. And we don't need an indult. No priest needs an indult to offer the to Trinity Mass, the true sacrifice. And you know, Pius the fifth uh codified the Trinitine Mass and he wrote a book called Quo Primum. And most theologians believe that's infallible and and every and it's every priest, everyone has a right to that mass in perpetuity till the end of time. And that means a priest too, all right? And every pope ratified that up until even John the 23rd uh, ratified it, and it was in the 62 Missal, you know? So it's only the Novus Ordo post-Vatican II counterfeit church that doesn't acknowledge it. So we're ready to move on to a couple of news things that have been happening. And the first thing I want to talk about in the Vatican News website, uh, it had a whole article about the Pope went to an Italian seminary in Naples. And so Pope to the Italian seminarians, I quote, he said, the church is above all an open construction site that remains constantly on the move, open to the novelty of the spirit, overcoming the temptations to preserve itself and its interests. 
this is almost blasphemy. This 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 statement here is the church is an open is above all an open construction site. Our Lord says, if God doesn't build a house, it's built in vain. A construction site. Our Lord built His church, not Francis, not anyone else. Our Lord built the church. We're supposed to just uh, continue to hand hand down what was handed down. And he says, and the church is remains constantly on the move. This is all modernism, evolution. Everything's on the move. Everything's changing. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, my friends, not sorry to tell you, happily, I tell you that God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, this is all nonsense. But this is all the Vatican II theology. This is all about why did they invoke the Council of Vatican II? Because they wanted to become modern. They wanted to catch up with the modern world. Why in God's name would you invite Protestant ministers to come, Protestant heretics, so-called theologians? Theologians are what? Heresy? To tell us what to do with the holy sacrifice of the Mass? Well, Protestants don't believe there's a sacrifice of the Mass. So what happened? They, At the end of the council, after they destroyed the Mass, they said, now we could tell all our Protestant people they could go to a Catholic Mass because it's not offensive no more. They're constantly moving. They're constantly changing. And then it, and here's the, the big joke here. Open to, to the novelty of the Spirit. There's no novelties with the Holy Ghost. I mean, this is it, this novelty. Like I said, Paul VI says that the church, he, his quote was this, that the church never, never allows novelties or innovation uh, when it comes to the liturgy. He said, but this new liturgy, this novus order, new order, is a novelty, is an innovation. If I promulgate it, many will lose their faith. What did he do? Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't even say he promulgated it properly, but he tried to. And guess what? You don't want to call, I, I wouldn't call him a prophet, but he knew the results. The people would lose their faith, and that's what happened. Uh, look at the look at the statistics just compared to the how many people were in the church before the council to after. It's unbelievable. I, one day we could go over the stats. They're devastating. Dev and that's it. The proof is in the pudding, my friends. And so overcoming the temptation, look at this, the temptation to preserve itself and its interests. So the church, it's grown, gone constantly, open to the novelty, overcoming the temptation to preserve itself and its interests. God demands that we preserve the church, that we, we can't do without him, but he demands that. Go to all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. And, you know, he, it's a command. It's not an option. And, 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 and read the papal oath, which I read many times when I preach. I'll, I'll bring it up again, I'm sure. Basically, they can, any pope that takes that oath is condemning himself if they don't hand down the doctrine that was handed down from Christ. There is no novelties. And that's the beauty of the Catholic faith. It doesn't change. doesn't change. It can't change just makes me sick so you could see where he's going so the next there was a title in the article on the next paragraph it said a synodal church under construction it says and i quote in his prepared remarks this is the article he gave the group in the clementine hall the pope reflected on the ongoing nature of priestly formation needed to bring the beauty of the gospel to the people of our time listening to the Holy Spirit and their demands. Let us remember, he said, this is the Pope's words now, that formation never ends. It lasts a lifetime, and if it stops, we do not remain where we were, but we regress. In other words, this wicked thing called evolution will keep on evolving. It's destroyed the church, and this is it. We've got to get going with modern times and keep on, because the times dictate the theology and it's it's all heresy it's all garbage modernism pure modernism i said formation never ends last a lifetime yeah it should I, and that's the you see there's so much they mix truth with lies because guess what as a seminarian who becomes a priest our formation should never end our, our formation should be continued we should be continue to grow 
in holiness. We should be continuing to grow in our knowledge of doctrines and the faith and continue. But the true doctrines, the true faith, so that we could live them and teach them and have other people read them, uh, live them, excuse me. The beauty of the gospel, the problem is this, that Pope Francis doesn't, doesn't accept the true gospel. His gospel is bogus. It's a false gospel. He dissects the gospel. He he's like it's like a, he's a cafeteria Catholic. My mother used to use that term, a cafeteria Catholic. Ones that you go on the cafeteria, you you pick what you want. No, I don't like that. I like give me that, give me that. No, don't give me that. And so Pope Francis focuses on only part of the gospel which we have to take the whole gospel. So as we'll see, he fo focuses on mercy, but he never talks about sin, never talks about repentance. He, uh, It's just ridiculous. So it goes on. It's an old church that walks alongside the crucified and risen Christ and listens to the Spirit requires ministers, that is, servants who know how to adopt a pastoral discernment style in every situation. Uh, the Pope said, we cannot offer monolithic and pre-packaged answers to today's complex reality, but we must invest our energies announcing the essential, which is God's mercy and manifested through closeness, fatherhood, gentleness, refining the art of discernment. I mean, we could spend all day on this uh, uh, this this nonsense that I'm reading here. It's and it's just it's, there's only one way I could say it's diabolical, my friends. It's di and notice how he says that the Holy Spirit requires ministers. That is servants. Yes, priests, bishops, the Pope himself is a servant, but he's also a minister of God. He's also comes in persona Christi. And that's why people today don't respect the priesthood. They don't respect uh, the office of a priest. They treat priests like, like, like garbage. I mean, I, I go, I've been around uh, with people that are supposed to cat. They'll call me, they say, sir, I say, sir, what are you talking to? Sir, <laughs> I'm a priest, but this is the new church, the synodal church that all the lay people have the the priesthood of the laity. They're equal, just as uh, as equal to any priest. And it's, no, it's not true. The dignity is nowhere near it. And and doesn't you know this is the way the church was set up by Christ. But he goes against it totally. This monolithic, he says, and prepackaged answers today's complex reality. We cannot offer that. He says, you know what they're talking about. That's why they the, the new church. The counterfeit church hates catechism. They hate the like the Baltimore catechism. You know, you know, we're not supposed to just memorize these things, these questions. You know, why did God create you? You know what? The average person doesn't know why. And that's why the Baltimore catechism starts off with that question. Why did God create you? To know him, to love him, to serve him in this world, in order to be happy with him forever. And if everyone knew that. And believed it and and lived according to that, we'd be living in paradise on earth, my friends. But they don't want us to know the truth. They don't tell you the truth. They tell you their lies. That's all they do. And they constantly focus, he says, but we must invest our energies in announcing the essentials. When does he announce dogmas, uh, Pope Francis? When? The essentials. When does he uh, announce the essentials truth? To the, when does he talk the truth that there is no salvation outside the one holy Catholic apostolic church? And, and that's, that means just what it means, my friends. There is no salvation. So he has no compassion. Either he doesn't believe at all what the church says, or he's a really cruel man, and he's filled with he, he with, with he wants people to go to hell. That's all I could tell you because that's what it's going to. So they always focus on God's mercy and manifesting it through closeness, fatherhood, gentleness, refine the art of discernment. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. A priest needs discernment big time, and you'll get it because we all get to receive the grace of our office. And when people come to us, we have to discern. What's from God? What's not? What's from the world? What's not? What's from Satan? What's not? And this is what's bringing all the, what is God's, can God's mercy be separated from his justice? No. So all he talks about is mercy, mercy, mercy. 
but he doesn't tell you that the, the crime, one of the worst crimes is the abuse of mercy. To offend God and spit in his face, that's what you do when you constantly sin and say, you know what, you'll forgive me because you say, if I go to confession, so I'm going to keep on nailing you to the cross, Lord. I'm going to keep on breaking the laws of your church, it's your church too, and you'll just forgive me. You have to forgive me. And St. Paul says, no, 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 God will not be mocked. So it's very sad, my friends. And this is what they're doing. They're, this counterfeit church has got its roots since the council has been destroying what Christ, he will never destroy the church because the church will always remain alive. And that's why the true church is going on the ground now. And people are waking up and realizing that the church is going on the ground, that they're not because they're not going to allow these uh, us to live the true Catholic faith. And they've been stopping it for a long time already. And you're going to see this from this uh, the part two now, the second. And this thing is so scandalous. If there's any children, I wouldn't even let them listen to this part because it's from, it's, this is on February 15th from the uh, Time. Uh, they have a website, Time. I guess it's Time Magazine, but it says Time. And this has been reported. So the title is Scenes from Trans Activists, Cecilia Gentili's Funeral as Mourners Fill St. Patrick Cathedral. And so this is this took place, my friends, in St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan. St. Patrick Cathedral. Unbelievable when you hear what happened here. So this is a trans activist. That means someone who was promoting this diabolical movement from hell that a man thinks he's a woman and a woman thinks he's a man, that she's a man and all this garbage. God has made you a man or a woman and you can't change it. Sorry to tell you that, my friends. And so I quote in the beginning, it says somebody, they were interviewing some lady said, I felt it felt appropriate to send her off in this way, to give her her sainthood they say. Gentili is believed to be the first trans woman to have a funeral service at St. Patrick's Cathedral, according to her funeral organizers. Cecilia, I'm, I'm quoting from the article still, died with Christ, says Father Edward Darley. Shame on him. Shame on him. <laughs> Once again, he, this is a quote from Father Darley. Cecilia died with Christ says Father Dar Edward Darty, a minister in the service for the 52-year-old after actor Billy Porter sang the song this day. I don't know what's, what that song is. It's probably pretty bad. That's all I got to say. So Gentilly was a pillar in, the New York, in New York for her work on two state bills that helped provide trafficking victims with relief and ended the walking while trans ban an anti-laudering law that police use to harass trans people, but her impact extends much farther. She learned how to build community and create coalitions on her own after arriving in the U.S. as an undocumented immigrant from Argentina in 2004, during which she turned to sex work. In other words, a, a, she was a trans prostitute and developed a drug addiction before being granted asylum eight years later. Since then, she devoted her work to others. So, my friends, this, this thing, if you go on the article, uh, it's disgusting and made me sick to my stomach. You see that St. Patrick's, we can hold over a thousand people and packed to the gills with trans trans men, women, a gay, lesbian, homosexual men and women. It's disgusting. The real part that's disgusting is that this was allowed because the, this man who wasn't a woman, wasn't Cecilia, was a man. And it was an, he, he was an activist. And you can't, the church never would allow public sinners to be given a public funeral like that. Never. Why? Because it brings scandals. Because it gives people a false impression that somebody like this can save their soul. Now, can I say that this person went to hell? I can't say that, but guess what? I wouldn't want to be in her shoes. I shouldn't. And see, this is where they get you, her shoes. 
his shoes when he died going to the judgment unless god gave that man an extraordinary grace of making a perfect act of love and contrition unless the person was anointed but the person would have to make retractions of their sins and reject being a tranny and all that he did you see you keep i'm even me i keep on trying to say she it's not she it's he this is how diabolical this is this is what trash comes out of fiducia suplicans and you're going to start seeing this my friends all over the country and all over the world now they're going to open up so you you want to go to that nova soto church you want to expose your children to trannies and lesbians and homosexual because they're going to start flooding the church now because they're opening up the doors shame on cardinal dolan he's a disgrace that man i never forget years ago i don't know maybe five six years ago when a pro football player came out so-called comes out of the closet that means he announced that he was gay you know what cardinal dolan's response was bravo 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 what kind of shepherd are you you are a wolf in sheep's clothing you you, you make you are a traitor you're our judas cardinal dolan that you allow this sacrilege to take place and how many of those people went up to communion how many of those trannies went up to communion lesbians and homos and received the precious blood of jesus christ and desecrated our lord saint paul is clear you bring condemnation on yourself if you receive our lord unworthily everyone knows that the catholic church teaches this is a grave mortal sin that you can't do these things there's no excuse for those people they shouldn't have been allowed and let me tell you something i saw one picture on there with disgusting this i don't know if it was a man or woman or she saw it was a back but it had see drew ding and you could see the person's backside walking into the cathedral walking into the house of god what do you think our lord would do when he went into the temple when they were trading in the temple and and they turning over tables whipping with a bullwhip this is the and here's the worst part look at this throughout intervals during the service so during the holy sacrifice of the mass that they would bring our lord down there right down from heaven shame on that priest you apostate that's what you are whoever offered that mass throughout interviews during the service it says chance of cecilia echo inside the eighty-seven thousand one hundred twenty square foot cathedral santa santa cecilia people yell madre they told us a lot putas you know what that means mother of all who is mother of all who is there they're yelling out in the sacred congregation the church of god the temple of god shame on you cardinal dolan shame on you these people are apostates and i i believe probably even reprobates so look at this and they heard and they continue crying that out they says this it's the same rallying cry heard as gentile's family leads her out of cathedral towards the streets of new york city my friends man i can't tell you it breaks my heart and we have to speak up and you anybody out there that wants to contribute to this nonsense you're going to support this stuff you're going to continue giving money to your church the, the so-called catholic church that allows these things to happen bishop cardinal dolan he should have been stormed they should have been protesting outside there stopping this and now he's the first of like of i think it was four or five years ago too once again he he's the one that gave approval for the first time in the history of saint patrick's day parade that the gays can march in the saint patrick days parade my friends saint patrick read his life he, what do you think he would have did if he was there saint patrick he drove he fought all those druids all those uh witches warlocks and drove them out drove all the snakes out of he would have he took a bullwhip to these and then i said you know mercy is not con to, to be merciful means to tell them the truth we love you in christ 
We want you to convert to the truth so that you can save your soul. Because all those people are mentally ill. Those people have serious disorders. And if you think for a second that they're happy, you must be doing drugs yourself because they are not happy. I don't care how much they laugh, how much they joke around. You can't be happy when you're made a male or female and you think you're the opposite. You can't be happy when you're you're not only violating the the natural uh the ecclesiastical law, divine law, the Ten Commandments, you're also violating the natural law. This is disgusting. So let us pray for these souls, because our lady said most souls go to hell. No one will pray, do penance for them. So please pray especially for these apostate prelates that are allowing this, these apostate priests that, you know, I, I saw a clip from the, there too on another uh, a video, and the priest started, he was praising that. He goes, we don't see this kind of crowd and only on Easter Sundays. And all the trainees and gays, lesbians, they all got up and were standing ovation for the priest. And he was smiling like he's their best friend. He's not their friend. You might as well put Satan up there because only the those are the words of Satan. Though any any condoning that nonsense is straight from hell. I don't know how much clearer I could be, my friends. So this is where the Novus Auto has led us. This is where the Second Vatican Council has led us. Sorry, my friends. Diabolical. Not exactly a new springtime, is it? Springtime, yeah. And they'll find out. I don't. And 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 we. I talk about this stuff too. Believe me, I pay a price, but I'm willing to pay a price. Offer it up for their souls. I don't want them. I don't want these people to go to hell. Why? Because Christ loves them. Christ created them in His image and His likeness. And we want these people to be converted so they could save their soul and that they could be healed because their pain is so bad, so bad, so bad. You know, most I have not worked with many of them because most of them don't want to repent. But over the years, I'm going to be a priest coming up soon, 25 years. And when I have talked with some of them and they wanted help, they have to come as an individual, all right? You can't, you don't work with couples, homosexual couples, all nonsense. You know, if they're sincere, they got to come alone. But most of them have told me, the ones that I did work with, they all had a couple of things in common. Very absent father figure, domineering mother, and they were molested because, you know, who molest them? Other queers because that's who they, they know how to pray on the weak ones. And he's constantly being handed down. It's a learned behavior. It's sad. Very sad. All right, Max. Um, I think we've got some questions. Um, the first question we have, Father, the closest traditional Latin Mass is more than six hours driving away from where I live. Going to the Novus Ordo Mass is always a great suffering for me, even an occasion of sins that makes me very unrestful, frustrated, and even angry. All this makes it very difficult for me to pray. What should one do when there is no Latin Mass at all available in the proximity? Well, what you do is... Uh See, the Sabbath day is we have to keep holy the Sabbath day. And so you want to spend the day uh, dedicated to God, number one. You take your family and you, first of all, you can go on if you have the Internet. If you don't, but if you have the Internet, you could uh, watch a live mass or one that was recorded for that day with the sermon and everything. And there, there's a bunch of them available. I don't know if Max can put links to, to I think he said he could, right, Max? Yeah, yeah. latinmass.live is actually a website that I created during the pandemic for exactly that purpose. I was scratching my own itch, and it turns out to be pretty popular that folks want to see a Latin Mass happening. Uh, and and this, this is around the clock. Um, just go to latinmass.live, and you can see all the Masses upcoming. And recommend recommendation for that, then take it serious, though. Like really, act, you really say I'm at mass, you know. And so, like, if you're with your children, you have children, don't be hanging out on the lazy boys and the the, the nice soft leather couch. 
No, take some chairs maybe that's a little more austere and, and say, listen, you're going to follow the priest with your missile. We're going to follow him. There's no talking during the mass. When the mass is on, you don't go to the bathroom unless you have no choice. Things like that. This ain't a time for play. I want you all to pay attention. Uh, they can kneel at the parts that people are kneeling and really place yourself. God will reward you tremendously because he knows you want to be there. Most of the world wants nothing to do with him. So when you take this, this, uh, these actions that I'm talking about, he's going to bless your family tremendously. And then it's not enough just to go to Mass on Sunday. So it's a time for worship and recreation, too, in the family. So you could recreate as a family. And it's good for the family to recreate, healthy recreation, things that are lawful, you know. Uh, do that. Uh, pray your rosary together and, you know, do some spiritual reading and, and really sanctify the day. But this is not a time to be, you know, and I tell people too, try not to do, you're allowed to do two hours of, of manual, uh, manual labels. All right. But that's it. Two hours, you know, but don't, don't wait. I tell the ladies, like, don't wait till the end of the week to do five loads of, of wash on Sunday. That That's not right. You know, but you know, there's <clears throat> sanctified a day. That's it. If you can't have, if you don't have the internet, you can't watch one of those things. You could still go through the missile, uh, the whole mass from start to finish. And then, like I said, but there's plenty a pretty solid sermons online now. You can find traditional priests that are not heretics, that are faithful, and it will change your life. And then if you have to move, and you should pray, Lord, if you want me to move, uh, you know, make it happen. Show me. Open up the doors for me. I, I'm sure he wants you at the Mass more than you want to be at the Mass. And, and I know people that have done it, and God has always opened doors for them. And like I said, I would also on these maps, uh, like you go on it, you could look at, you know, other places, you know, other all the groups that you know have the Trinity Mass. Mark where they are on the map or look up the state. Say, okay, I'm moving to Kentucky. So, okay, let me put on the map all of where can I go to the Trinity Mass. And then and then try to suit yourself, set yourself up. Like I say the best place in the whole country is in uh, Post Falls and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, because – you could literally, there's like 15, over 15 Trinity Masses on a Sunday that you've got to choose from between, you know, the society. Uh, they have five Masses every day in their in their church. I think it's the Immaculate Conception, if I'm correct. But in the church in Post Falls, five Masses every day, Monday, Sunday, right through Saturday. So they have that on Sunday. Then they have Dominican nuns. You got Carmelite nuns. They have mass there, there, and there's other places too. So, but not everyone, of course, can live in Coeur d'Alene. But so I hope that answers your question. Oh, let me just say once you're not obliged to drive more uh, than an hour. That's what the church has always taught. And some people today, especially with uh, inflation, they can't even afford to drive that. If you can't afford it, you can't do it. You're not obliged. And and so I know a lot of people are writing in, uh, talk to me. They call me, well, can I go to Society of Pies the tent and this and that? They're not regular. They're not this. My friends, we're in a state of necessity in the church. And uh, I, I want to, I'm probably going to dedicate maybe two or three shows to uh, to going over what is a state of necessity and, and, and are we in a state of necessity? And one of the main things is we have no recourse to a higher authority. So what, what higher authority do we have a recourse to? The bishops who are shutting our church down? Why are they shutting their church down? They're getting commands from Rome. So where are we going to go? What higher authority are we going to go? And I see these priests out there telling people, you can't go to society's chapel. Shame on them. Shame on them. The warning always was you could go to the SSBX as long as you don't adhere to a spirit of schism. It almost makes me wonder, and, and it's not as a primary, but as a backup to a backup to a backup, what about set of a contest? Are they even valid? And can you go there for the sake of the, the, the mass as long as you don't adhere to the spirit of there not being a pope? Well, 
you know what you know that you're opening up uh, another thing because that's one of the biggest uh discussion that goes on but ha it's the elephant in the room that really has to be addressed and uh this is the problem is you know can a can we have a public manifest heretic as a poll can you have an election like john paul changed the the rules for election and one of them was you can't lobby and if there's any lobbying lobbying done for an election of a pope it invalidates it but he goes on to say that it's up to the college of cardinals to to make that decision i, I wasn't making the point about about francis per se but i'm i'm talking about the 58 set of a contest i i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend that myself you know myself if you're saying from yeah you haven't had a pope since 1958 i mean be careful because the other thing is i've seen some of these real independent chapels i know stories where they found out the man was never ordained they thought he was a priest but he really was never ordained and then i found that i found others i've heard other stories too because i ran into a lot of set of contests over my last 25 years and 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 bought a good amount of them back to the church uh but the bottom line is uh they would tell me stories about the the priest that was coming to to help them and you know, always just some of them would get their way out in left field you know so be careful that's all i'm going to say uh use prudence and and uh like the society probably tend to have no problem saying go there at all i have no problem telling you to go there uh but the independent ones be careful you better really make sure the person was really there was one chapel i knew of uh they found out the man the man was not a priest they were they had him there three years imagine so three years of receiving bread and three years of invalid absolutions and your sins are not washed away that's pretty sad my friends so we're in a mess and we're in a big mess the next question is similar in a way my husband and i attend uh, a Novosordo parish in our small rural town for the past two years, our priest has used or deputized, I guess, I'm just reading this the way it's written, the extraordinary minister to distribute the ashes and, and everything else as well. I get a gut reaction that this isn't right, so I stay on my pew. This is, this is re with regard to Ash Wednesday. Today, I, cl I clearly annoyed my husband and I think it embarrassed him as well since we're in the front pew. Is it, it was never my intention to make a scene was I correct in staying put in my seat? Switching lines to get in the priest's line was not an option. Yeah, you, I, you were not only correct, but I think you should have took it even farther. You should have walked out. Uh, this this E.M. extraordinary minister nonsense is straight from the bowels of hell. Once again, another innovation. Uh, Vatican II, you know, Paul the Sixth, and. Uh, extraordinary ministers and it, it's just from hell because the whole purpose was to usurp the rights of the priest and to destroy the priesthood and therefore try to destroy the church that we're all equal it's all protestant heresy you know that the priest hands are no different than your hands and even though it's ashes that's one of the uh, less less offending ones but it's still wrong because the priest should administer the sacramentals you know and uh it's just it's just diabolical but even worse than that is uh at that mass i'm sure they use extraordinary ministers for a lay uh, of a lay woman or a lay man and let me tell you something you know it's even a joke that most i've very never even seen no sort of priest use the uh, extraordinary ministers property there's rules that they don't even follow most of them don't even know the rules but the rules are number one you know that the ordinary minister would be a priest and then a deacon of course and then an acolyte someone who has the orders of acolyte which they don't have no more uh the minor orders have been done away with then after that it was in, in the document would it would it said a male religious after male religious if there's no one around that's a male religious it would be a male after there's no male religious or no <laughs> no males around uh, then it would be a uh, female religious, then a female, and just because it's just it's, it's all nonsense, all right. And it and 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 it it's the breakdown the faith. 
when you have a lay person giving communion out, their hands are not anointed. That's why I'm not holy. My hands are. They were anointed by the bishop, set aside for sacred things, to set aside for the sacrifice, to give communion. And that's why I can give communion out. But the lay person, no, they don't. Listen, I was involved. I did hospital ministry for a long time. And, and, uh, I was going to a hospital that was a, it was kind of unique hospital. It was there for people that had to stay over a month to six months. So I, I, this hospital was loaded. Just about every person in there was totally depressed. And when I signed there, I started going there. And uh, the average person I reconciled, the average person that I went to help was away from the church, 25 years, no sacraments. I'm not exaggerating. It was unbelievable. And the first thing I said, Father, I want communion. I said, communion, when's the last time you made a confession? Ah, 25, 35 years ago. I said, no, no, no. And so what happens, they send these extraordinary ministers in to, to give communion out, and they don't, even if the person knows they should go to communion, uh, confession first, they, most of them will give in to him respect. They won't say nothing, and they'll receive and commit sacrilege. It's 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 so horrible. This whole Eucharist extraordinary minister is just to destroy the priesthood and do never be part of it. And anybody that uses it, walk out. I mean, these people give out the body of Christ like they're giving out cookies. Uh, it's precious blood being spilt all over. The stories I heard are just unbelievable. So I would never go to a church that uses them. I wouldn't go to no Novus Ordo either. So. Okay, somewhat slightly more lighthearted than the last one. Father, I'm six years old and I've received communion eight times so far. If I die holding my rosary, does it go to heaven with me? <laughs> Look at that. You know, something a little edifying. Six years old, he must be uh, pretty smart too because uh, normally you don't receive till the age of reason, So, uh, which is seven, but some people do reach it early. So, you know, if you die, you go to heaven, uh, you won't need a rosary in heaven. You're going to have the Blessed Virgin there herself, and you're going to have the beatific vision, which means we'll see God as is. And we'll be praising God and I'm sure saying all kinds of prayers. But now your rosary won't go to heaven, but you won't, you won't need it there, my friend. Okay, next question. I may have misunderstood, but Father briefly mentioned in one of the episodes that we we're not allowed to go to the houses of family members who are living in sin, and that we're also not allowed to have them into our own houses. I've never heard that from any other source. Can Father please elaborate on the rules for when we can or cannot enter the houses of people living sinful lives? And when do we need to ban them from our own houses? Do these rules only apply to family members or friends as well? And do these rules apply to other mortal sins? Well, once again, this is a question that comes up all the time. And uh, I think I articulate a little more than what the person's saying here, because you are forbidden, period, to go into uh, people's houses that are cohabitated because it's scandalous and you don't want to partake in the scandal. You don't want to think, give them any idea or that, you you condone what they're doing because you know you if anything you want them to know that it's wrong and it is wrong so never go into like if you had to go for emergency to help somebody or say the couple was serious to want you to come over to explain to them what the church teaches you could go on that circumstance or me as a priest i if i was called to go talk to a couple i would and then if they would if they were cohabitating, I would try to get them to come to the rectory or whatever, wherever I was. But uh, that's the only time I would say you could go there. Number two, can they come to your house? And I said, in once you could say yes, but it all depends on the particular circumstance. Like if you have other children, younger children, and they're living at home, no, I wouldn't have them come over. I said because because they're going to think it's acceptable. My brother is, is living with this woman. And a lot of times this, when they're cohabitating too, one of the parties was married. So it's not only uh, fornication, scandal, but it's also adultery, you know, uh, that they're committing. And so there's many sins going on there. So you don't want your other children to think that it's it. So be careful, you know, and the, and if they do come to your house and they say, say you're, you're older, you have no other kids and 
you want to keep a door, a so-called door open, they have to know that you don't condone that, which at this point they should. You're not going to their house. And, uh, you know, you got to make sure, like, if they're coming over, if they, they shouldn't be doing things that are inappropriate in front of you or speaking inappropriate, and that's it. You know, as far as does it apply to other people outside your family, of course it does. It's across the board. In fact, too many people give in to human respect all the time. They know they shouldn't do it, but they do it. And uh, so that's it. And it does it pertain to other mortal sins. Well, it depends on what the sin is. Some sins, of course, are, you know, are, are public. And if it's public sins, it calls public reparation, atonement, and uh, public renunciation, you know. So, uh, so if it's not public, if it's something, you know, someone's struggling, it all depends on what it is. Like if the person comes over your house and, and they're getting drunk all the time, you don't want them coming to your house when they're drunk, especially if you have children around, because you don't want to ever scandalize the little ones, even yourself. You know, no, so you don't want to encourage someone who's living a wicked life and comes over your house and wants it, uh, or they want to light up a joint, you know? No, no, we don't do that in my house here, you know? So it depends on what sin it is. And like if they're dressing immodestly, which just about, everyone does today out in the world you know and so if they're coming over to your house and they dress in modestly you don't want that you know so be careful yeah we can't all live in canada where we have to be modest most of the year <laughs> For the, yeah sometimes nature helps those things right yeah it's unfortunately not not as much as we'd like and if you have questions also for the podcast, the email address is questions at SOTI.blog. We have a whole bunch more questions. We might at some point, I guess I'll have to talk to father about this. Uh, might have to do, maybe we'll do a question or maybe we'll do an episode, just all questions and answers. Uh, Cause they are piling up and there's some pretty good questions. Hey, you know what we could do too, like maybe even once a month, uh, whatever questions we didn't get to the last one of the month could just go over questions. We could come up or when it's needed on a needed basis, you know, sounds good. All right. That was the last thing I had to say. I, I got the email address in and um, I'm pretty much done for this podcast. And I, once again, I'd like to thank everyone for their support. Uh, mostly spiritual support, any financial support, uh, I truly appreciate it. I live totally off of divine providence. So God bless you, reward you, and uh, bow your head and pray for God's blessing. Pax et benedictio Deo nipotente, patria, filia, spiritu, sante, descende, super, bosom, and amen.